We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on everybody welcome into the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl follow the podcast at pack a day podcast and of course please make sure to subscribe if you have not already As I am sitting here at 10.33 p.m. on Sunday night, there is yet to be an Aaron Rodgers decision, and I am only asking and hoping that as you are listening to this at some time on Sunday, that you have had the privilege of learning whether or not Aaron Rodgers has made a decision or not, because I think we are all getting to the point where some decision, whatever it may be, would be better at this point, and we just kind of want to know what this is ultimately going to be. As I mentioned yesterday, this is not me harboring any ill will towards Aaron Rodgers or the Green Bay Packers or Jordan Love or anyone. I just want to know what's going to happen next and move forward from there with all the other crazy, amazing stuff that's going to happen undoubtedly this offseason from free agency to the draft to re-signing guys to potentially starting Jordan Love for the first time really in his career. There's a lot of different things that could happen, but we've got to get to that point first, right? So as I'm recording this, still no update on Aaron Rodgers. The only semi-Packers update that we get, unfortunately, 
is an Instagram post from Keyshawn Nixon of him exiting Lambeau Field, throwing up the peace signs, right? So that's probably not a great sign. That is not something that you ultimately want to see from your, really your key remaining free agent the night before free agency technically starts and the new year starts and you're able to basically legally tamper with free agents, right? That is not what you want to be seeing on any of your players' Instagram posts. So whether that actually means anything or not remains to be seen. But again, Keyshawn Nixon throwing up the deuces on his way out of, you know, out of the tunnel at Lambeau Field. I'm assuming it was probably his last game, uh, probably against the Lions there. But who knows? But again, that's probably not exactly what you want to be seeing from Nixon at this point, right? So we'll see if he gets signed on Monday to another team or if Green Bay can find and reach an agreement with him on the free agent market, you know, before he hits the free agent market. But uh, either way, uh, he, you know, Nixon could theoretically be on the way out and that would be a huge blow to the Packers playmaking, to the Packers special teams, to the defensive backfield, etc. There's no two ways about it. That would be brutal. So hopefully that is not the case. Nothing definitive, right? Players love using cryptic posts that may or may not actually mean anything in the moment, and this could certainly be one of those, but only time will certainly tell. Meanwhile, some NFL news, Jalen Ramsey gets traded to the Dolphins for a third round pick and a tight end, and we have this happen every single year, and I know everyone hates me saying it by this point, and I'm still not hoping for it, and I know that an MVP quarterback is still not necessarily equal to an all-pro corner. Those things aren't always equal, right? But... But we get to this point every single offseason, and you see these veterans like Calais Campbell when he goes for a fifth-round pick, or Jalen Ramsey going for a third-round pick, and everyone loses their mind. How could Jalen Ramsey go for a third-round pick, or how could Calais Campbell go for a fifth-round pick? And there are like literally 20 examples of this almost every single offseason, and everyone like loses their mind, but it happens every single year. And again, you just have to remember age, contract history, where a player wants to go, what their contract is currently going to be. They had to guarantee a bunch of uh, Jalen Ramsey's remaining contract in order for him to get to Miami. Like sometimes those things don't always end up with prime draft capital. If I would have told you going into the day that Jalen Ramsey was going to get traded for a third round pick and a tight end, you probably hadn't heard of. You probably would have said there's no way he would go for a first and a second at worst, right? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's necessarily going to be the exact same with Aaron Rodgers, but these things happen all the time. And fans tend to overvalue the big name players a lot of times. And I actually think that front offices undervalue these players. I think more teams should have been involved with Jalen Ramsey at that price. Now, I think probably a second was probably the ceiling. And maybe it just gets done for a third because he ultimately wanted to end up in Miami. And so they did him a favor and sent him to Miami. I don't know. Obviously, I wasn't privy to the conversations. But just be aware that these sort of things happen very, very often. And Jalen Ramsey, now a member of the Miami Dolphins. The only other big one, Deron Payne re-signs with Washington. The noteworthy thing here is Kenny Clark gets $20 million less, you know, just a couple seasons ago on a four-year $70 million deal. Payne gets four years $90 million with a lot more guaranteed money. So that Kenny Clark deal looking better and better in hindsight as these defensive tackles are about to get massively paid in this free agency period, including Deron Payne with the commanders as he gets his big deal on Sunday. All right, so that brings us to our main conversation for today. And with all the Aaron Rodgers drama and everything that's going on, there are many people, and I understand the sentiment in some aspects, right? There are many people who are calling 
you know, for the, the front office's head and how could Brian Gutekunst and company let it get to this point? What was that Aaron Rodgers contract from a year ago that now looks beyond awful? And how could you end up in a situation where you might not even get that much in return for Aaron Rodgers in a trade and you're really, you know, behind the eight ball from a salary cap standpoint? How did it get to this point? And is Brian Gutekunst to blame? Is the front office to blame? Are they ultimately the you know bearers of responsibility for what happened? So I want to go over that today. Because as always, this is not a simple discussion. This is a very nuanced discussion that we have to look at one step at a time if we want to truly understand it. Because here's what I would tell you. I think if, if you ask anyone, let's just presuppose that Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the Jets for like a second round pick, right? All right so Aaron Rodgers is a Jet for a second round pick and Green Bay's stuck with a $40 million cap hit going into this year. And um, that ends up ultimately being it. I wanted to check my phone because I got a bunch of alerts. I didn't know if it was happening, right? It's apparently not happening, but uh, I digress. So, you know, usually what happens is there's not just this one mistake, right? You don't wake up in the morning and all of a sudden are like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be addicted to meth, right? It doesn't just happen like that. It happens because you make a series of decisions that ultimately leads to you being addicted to meth, which is ultimately a very bad place to be in, right? But it doesn't start like that. You don't just wake up one morning, you're walking along and you're like, everything's going great. You know what I need? I need an addiction to meth. That is what I want today. Just doesn't happen that way. It ends up with maybe a simple decision that leads to a tough decision, that leads to a bad decision, that leads to a worse decision, that leads to a really bad decision, and so on and so forth. And all of a sudden, before you know it, the worst is the worst, right? And I do think as we take a look at this step by step, that there is ultimately some sort of trickle effect that kind of happened. And what I want to kind of show you, and I'm not I'm not defending anything here, and you'll see that as we get to the end of this, but there was a series of decisions that were made that one by one, you can kind of understand almost every decision that was made. But on the whole, what you end up with is sort of a bad salary cap situation, a roster that's a little bit middling, a quarterback that you're not sure what you're going to get from, a poor return on investment for Aaron Rodgers, and a roster that's just generally not going to be able to probably compete at a high level probably for a few seasons until they're able to potentially open up another window. So how do you get to that point? So let's start with 2018, because that's when Brian Gutekunst was hired and came in as general manager of the Packers. And remember, things were starting to go a little bit south. They replaced Ted Thompson. They decided to go in another direction with Brian Gutekunst. And Mike McCarthy is still at the helm as head coach. Brian does a couple things right. He brings in Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis at tight end, makes a couple moves on the defensive side of the ball, and Muhammad Wilkerson brings back a Tremont Williams, those sort of things. He drafts Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson to try to bring in some help in that secondary. He picks up three wide receivers on day three of the draft, picks up a future first-round pick in that same draft, just trying to do some things to kind of shake some things up, ultimately ends up releasing Jordy Nelson early in the season. There's a lot of different moves, some okay, some bad, some great, some good. We get a mixture of everything, but ultimately the year ends up being a disaster. They lose to the Arizona Cardinals at Lambeau Field, the Josh Rosen-led Arizona Cardinals, which led ultimately to the final dagger in in Mike McCarthy. They fire Mike McCarthy. They play uh, the rest of the season out with an interim head coach. And then in the offseason, of course, they hire Matt LaFleur. And then that's when Goot, I think, really started to gain the idea that he has full grasp of this team, right? And he goes and he recognizes that this is a team that still has Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, now has a new head coach, has a bunch of salary cap space, and has like no money borrowed from future salary cap, right? 
Ted Thompson for maybe some of the flaws at the end where he didn't go out and spend money and kept relying on undrafted free agents and late round draft picks and things like that, rather than bringing in some veterans. For all of that, he left Brian Gutekunst in an incredible position with a roster that was still very much, you know, able to compete, but with some key holes, but a ton of money to spend and no future salary caps really borrowed from in any way, shape or form. So all of a sudden he's got a blank checkbook, right? And he goes out and he sides Adrian Amos and Billy Turner and Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith and completely reshapes this roster. He drafts Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage, Elton Jenkins, and you have a brand new roster that out of nowhere with a new head coach, which really struggled the season before, which led to Mike McCarthy's demise, now is rejuvenated, regenerated, and you have a team that surprisingly goes 13-3 and three and makes it to the NFC Championship game in a season where really people weren't expecting that. And everyone, of course, called them the most fraudulent 13-3 and three team ever. Whatever. They get to the NFC Championship game. They have a puncher's chance. They ultimately lose. Some poor plays don't go their way and that's the end of that season, right? So of course, what's going to happen next is you're going to probably look to you know expand upon what just happened in that season. However, you have an interesting divergence here, all right? And this is the first key Brian Gutekunst moment. And not, not only the first key one, but like a major, I don't want to say like fork in a row in the road, but like this is one we're going to earmark forever as to like what happened from here on out to the Green Bay Packers in their franchise, right? And it's important to note that in 2018 and 2019, Aaron Rodgers had not been the same quarterback. Remember, he's injured 2017, 2018, he comes back. And then that last Mike McCarthy season looks nothing like the former MVP. In 2019, it was a solid season, but now I think what everyone's hoping, right? What everyone's hoping is that Matt LaFleur comes in and puts in his offense and Aaron Rodgers comes in and really... The hope was that I think he'd probably play like he did in 2020, that but in 2019, right? And instead he didn't. He had what I think is still a pretty underwhelming season. In 2018 and 2019, again, last McCarthy season, first LaFleur season, he has 25 and 26 touchdowns respectively. Now remember, like Aaron Rodgers, you know, prime Aaron Rodgers is high 30s in, in touchdowns, right? So you're not putting up the same production on the field. His completion percentage in those two seasons is down, basically a 62% completion percentage during those two years. He was 35 and 36 in those two seasons. Remember in 2017, of course, coming off an injury-plagued season. And for the first real time, right, we had seen a decline in Aaron Rodgers in some capacity. And Aaron Rodgers is absolutely right that his down seasons are career years for most quarterbacks. In fact, most quarterbacks in the league don't even end up starting a game. Most starting quarterbacks in the league don't ever put up seasons like Aaron Rodgers did in 2018 and 2019. That is unequivocally true, right? So Aaron is absolutely correct. But I think when 2018 went so poorly and Aaron looked nothing like himself, again, the hope was that Matt LaFleur would come in in 19 and we would see this rejuvenated Aaron Rodgers. And we just really didn't see that, not to the extent that we ultimately would in 2020. So you are starting to see a a bit of a legitimate decline from Aaron Rodgers. And now Brian Gutekunst is tasked with the situation of deciding what do you do in that situation? Do you just continue to play this out, you know, basically forever with Aaron Rodgers? Or do you have enough legitimate concerns of like, hey, we need to start planning for the future of the Green Bay Packers? 
And I am sure that they ultimately end up with a massive grade on Jordan Love in some capacity, or at minimum, he was the highest player remaining available on their board. And they don't just wait. They trade up, they go get Jordan Love, and that is, of course, the huge turning point in this franchise in a lot of different ways. So they draft Jordan Love, and what happens after that, right? You have Aaron Rodgers goes scorched earth. He has an unbelievable MVP season, one of the best seasons we ever saw from Aaron Rodgers. The Packers go 13-3. and Remember, this is the COVID season. Jordan Love doesn't get rookie mini camps, doesn't get OTAs, doesn't get any of that, right? Packers, meanwhile, 13-3, and NFC Championship, lose at home to Tom Brady in a game that was a nightmare from a variety of different ways, that a lot of things just went wrong. You've got the play before half. We don't re- need to relive any of that, right? But doesn't go Green Bay's way. They lose in the championship game. They lose in the COVID season at home with limited fans. But now you saw Aaron Rodgers truly in this Matt LaFleur offense, and you saw him rejuvenated. You saw him re-energized. You saw MVP Aaron Rodgers, while at the same time, the player that he lost to was Tom Brady in the in the NFC Championship game, and Brady's, you know, five years ahead, basically, of Aaron Rodgers, right? So Brady is, meanwhile, proving that you can still play at an incredibly high level at a very high age still in the NFL. So now Brian Gutekinds and company, of course, are sort of recalibrating a little bit and saying, all right, that's what we were waiting for. That's the Aaron Rodgers that we were hoping was going to show back up. Now we have to sort of pivot and change plans a little bit, right? However, now we have the off season of 2021, right? And it's worth noting as well. Remember the 2020 year, the COVID year messed up the salary cap drastically. And that really started Green Bay, especially at the start of 2021, that they needed to start doing things a little bit differently, where they needed to start using some void years and some creative salary cap structures to really make sure that they could bring this team back in 2021 and really give themselves another chance at a playoff run. They're coming off back-to-back NFC Championships uh, games. They're coming off a you know Aaron Rodgers MVP season. So remember the timeline here, right? So the timeline becomes that they start doing all of these restructures and bringing back all their guys and doing some of these void years. And all of their team is set to be brought back in 2021. Remember the order of operations that all of the, you know, the free agent stuff and all of the bringing back your own guys and the restructures, all of that happens in March basically, right? So March, all of that happens and then draft day comes, right? And the huge bombshell from Adam Schefter that Aaron Rodgers wants out and is demanding a trade. And then we get all of the, he wants Brian Gutekinds fired and there's 0% chance he's ever playing for the Green Bay Packers again. But remember the timeline here, right? Green Bay had already done everything in their power to bring back this entire team in 2021 for Aaron Rodgers, for this team to be able to compete for another Super Bowl. They had everything in place. So at that point, at draft time, now moving on from your MVP quarterback who just won MVP a season ago was nearly impossible because Jordan Love simply was not ready in 2021. He wasn't, he just wasn't, right? So the idea of trading Aaron Rodgers at that point became completely like just something they didn't want to do in any way, shape or form because they they had already put all of this money 
and all of this restructuring and everything into bringing back that 2020 team for 2021. They were in a complete no man's land. So they could have given in to Aaron Rodgers. But now, like I said, do you move forward with Jordan Love? He's not ready. Does that ruin Jordan Love's progression? You know, do you bring in another quarterback at that point? But now it's it's not MVP Aaron Rodgers. So your odds of competing for a Super Bowl go right out the window in all likelihood. So you are in complete no man's land. So Brian and company, I think at that point, given the situation that they're in, make absolutely the right decision, dig their heels in and say, no, we're not trading you. You are going to be the quarterback of this team. You are under contract. And they ultimately get that done. And it takes some concessions. And I'm sure Brian probably agreed to some things that maybe he didn't want to agree to. He goes out and gets Randall Cobb. Aaron Rodgers goes on his huge rant, uh, you know, in front of everyone. And his first day back at practice has basically an airing of grievances. And from that point on, you would have never known that that entire saga happened because everything was in harmony. Gudikinst and, and Rogers are laughing out on the practice field. And, you know, a few days later and Bakhtiari's giving Aaron Rodgers the golf cart and everything felt normal. Everything felt absolutely normal. So they deny the trade, they get Aaron back and they trade for Randall Cobb. And what happens? They go 13 and three again. Rogers has another MVP season, but this time, they lose in the divisional round to the San Francisco 49ers in large part due to a massive special teams collapse, although the offense did not play anywhere near up to standards in that game either. So now you've got the 2021 season that's done and over with. You have another disappointing loss in the playoffs, and now comes another huge pivot point in 2022. You don't have Aaron requesting for or demanding a trade. However, you do have Nathaniel Hackett that goes to Denver, and it does seem that the Hackett hire in Denver was in an effort to entice Aaron Rodgers to go to Denver. And, you know, there did seem to be some maybe interest in Rodgers going to Denver and maybe playing for another team. And Green Bay seemed to be maybe not quite as defensive in that scenario but they probably had some opportunity to probably push Rodgers in maybe in that direction a little bit more, maybe like they're doing this season. But you have to remember, right? And as much, remember last year in 2022, before the Russell Wilson trade happened, coming off of the MVP, I made the argument that it was time to trade Aaron Rodgers. I truly believe that at the time. And I think in hindsight, that was a million percent correct before you give Rodgers this contract and you get the all the picks from Denver in exchange that Seattle got for Russell Wilson. We know it has been reported that Denver's first choice was not Russell Wilson. It was Aaron Rodgers. So there was an opportunity there. And as much as I think at the time that was the right decision, when you look at that, with real true eyes, right? As in the eyes of a general manager, it, like I've said before, it is easy for me to sit here and say, yeah, I would trade him, right? Like it is so much different in real life. This is not Madden. This is not fantasy football. This is real life. You have to look Aaron in the eye and say, hey, we're trading you to Denver. And you have to legitimately like know that Jordan maybe isn't quite ready yet. And you have to legitimately know that your cash cow, your MVP quarterback is now going to another team and might win them a Super Bowl while you're stuck in a situation with maybe not the most advantageous quarterback position, which is not the position that any general manager in the NFL actually wants to be in. And it's one thing if Rodgers maybe struggled a little bit over the last couple seasons, right? Like he did in 19, like he did in 18. However, now you're looking at the back-to-back MVP in, in the NFL. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And the other thing here, right? Right now, as Aaron came off a really tough last season and Aaron has a albatross of a contract attached to him, there are a ton of people in Packers Nation, and maybe you're one of them, which I've said before is totally fine, but there are a ton of people that are dead set in not wanting to trade away Aaron Rodgers at this point. At this point, coming off a bad season, yes, injuries, et cetera, whatever, and poor receiving core at times, yes, I get it. All of those things I understand. But after a poor season with a brutal contract, people still do not want to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Imagine last year, after back-to-back MVPs, after three straight 13-win seasons, and after a game that they lost that really their special teams, you can make a strong argument for, completely lost them that game in the playoffs, right? you're going to trade away Aaron Rodgers? Like I said, that is a lot easier said than done. So bringing him back, especially when Rodgers says, right? And I think this is where Green Bay was kind of letting things play out last year, where if, if Rodgers said, I want to go to Denver, I think they there probably would have been a part of them that's like, oh man, we get all these picks and we get you know a couple players and we get all this stuff. Like we're maybe we're not so opposed to that, right? But Rodgers coming in and saying, hey, I want to be here. I want to be a Green Bay Packer. This is where this is what I want to do. I think that changes the calculus as well, right? So Rodgers says, that basically, not, I don't want to go to Denver. I want to stay in Green Bay. The Packers agree to it. And then you have the contract situation, right? Because they need to figure out a new contract. Rodgers is going to stay in Green Bay. And it, it sounds like a normal situation, right? But Green Bay gives Aaron Rodgers this really complex, really complicated deal that I've gone over ad nauseum on other episodes. So if you want to find that, search Aaron Rodgers contract on YouTube pack a day. And I explain everything in extreme detail. I'm not going to do that right now, but the contract isn't great, right? They give themselves an out right now to trade them to trade him if they want, but there's complications with that. They can't cut him. Rodgers has some say in this entire situation. And like it just it gets very, very complex and complicated with what they can do. And if he plays for the team, and I think this is the real tough one, right? 
even if Rodgers was coming off another MVP, you could make a strong argument looking at that contract where you're like, man, it's just going to be really tough to win if we bring him back this year and we've got those exorbitant cap hits in the next couple of seasons. Even if he's coming off the best season of his life, that contract is still really, really rough. So they set themselves up in 2023 to almost like, almost undoubtedly want to move on from Rodgers at this point based on that contract. And as, as, that, as you look at that contract, you know, I think from his agent's standpoint, I think he did a lot of good things for Aaron in that situation, got him a ton of guaranteed money. I think the agent easily won that deal. But if Aaron wanted to stay a Green Bay Packer, the way that deal was structured was almost like Green Bay had to trade him at this point. Like it almost gave no other options. Like it was either they're going to trade Aaron or he's going to retire because they couldn't cut him and keeping him became extremely, extremely complicated. And when he had maybe not, again, maybe his worst season of his career, then it becomes almost more like they they just have to do something different and they have to trade him. And again, feel how about Aaron Rodgers, whatever way that you want. It's And I've said this before, it's not just that, all right, Jordan Love is ready, so they need to move to Jordan, or Aaron Rodgers sucks, so they need to move off Aaron. I don't believe either of those things. I think Aaron is still really good, and I think Jordan probably still needs some time to develop overall, but Aaron on that contract makes it that you basically have to trade him at this point. So that's why I think Green Bay very much wants to do, but now you get in this situation where your Rodgers is heavily involved in the decision. You are no longer probably going to get a huge haul of capital. You know, Rodgers has to make, uh, again, be, be very much a part of this as well. And, you know, that that contract, what they signed in 2022 is what really made this difficult in 2023. So before we get there, you know, he ultimately plays in 2022, right? So we get through that entire offseason dilemma and he plays in 2022. And then we go through the year. Devontae Adams gets traded away. They decide to run everything back besides that. They don't really get the receivers that he needs. We thought the defense would be ready. They weren't up to the standards that we expected them to be. Special teams made strides, but it wasn't like they were a top 10 special teams. The Sammy Watkins didn't work out. Romeo Dobbs had flashes. Christian Watson was great, but not until the you know midway point of the season, basically. And things just did not go according to plan. And again, this is another one of those things with like the Devontae Adams trade, right? You can look at it and be like, man, trading Devontae Adams was a, a terrible decision. But Devontae wanted out. He was a free agent. You were potentially risking losing him. You were given a first and second round pick in exchange, allowed you to go out and use that second round pick to move up and get Christian Watson. Like you can look at it and be like, you understand it. But you can also look at it and be like, oh, that certainly, you know, in hindsight, moving on from Adams, but keeping Rodgers and not moving to, you know, Rodgers at the same point. there was just a disconnect there, right? Like the team wasn't whole. If the team won two playoff games with Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers together, like trying to win four in a single season without Devontae probably was a little bit wishful thinking, right? And again, now you get into this off season and you're, you're in this no man's land where again, you're almost put in a position where the only really good position that you can put yourself in is by trading Aaron Rodgers. So eight and nine, missed the playoffs, and, and by the way, in this season, Jordan Love kind of, not to the same extent, but Jordan Love has a little bit of his Aaron Rodgers Dallas Cowboys moment. And what I mean by that is the Rodgers Cowboys moment when Favre was still the starter, Favre got hurt in Dallas, Rodgers came in and balled out, right? Not to the same extent, but that little snippet at the Philadelphia Eagles where you're playing in this huge game, Rodgers goes down and Love comes in and he slings the ball around, has a couple incredible throws, gets some touchdown or gets a touchdown on the board. A lot of that was heavy lifting from Christian Watson, right? But uh, still, you see some of those flashes from Jordan Love. 
which then after your eight, nine season, Rogers struggles, Rogers injuries, all of those sort of things. And then again, you get to the point where you have this contract for Rogers that is more advantageous to deal him. And now we get to the point that we're in right now. And where do we go from here, right? If Rogers retires or if Rogers is traded, you have 40 million in dead salary. You're potentially getting very minimal, you know, trade capital in return, but you know, based on what you probably should get for him or what you could have gotten from him a season ago. You have a ton of sunk cost in future salary caps. You have no Super Bowl to show for any of the previous seasons when you try to go all in and bring Aaron back and do all of these different things to keep your teams together. You've got two NFC Championship games that you lost both of them. You had a divisional round game that you lost at home. You had an eight and nine season where you didn't even make the playoffs. And now you're put in a really difficult position moving forward because of all those things that you did to try to keep those windows open over the last couple of seasons. And as I mentioned earlier, as we went through this entire exercise, almost every single one of those decisions in a vacuum is defensible in, in some way, right? Now you can debate the drafting the Jordan Love one after, you know, in 2020. And I get that. I understand it. I wrote about it at the time and I still feel that way now. And I'm going to go over that more in just a moment. But you can understand that after some legitimate decline from Aaron Rodgers and entering that stage of his career, that Green Bay wanted to protect themselves in case something happened to Aaron via injury or he just really hit a wall and wasn't able to perform anymore. Remember, it wasn't like LaFleur came in and he just all of a sudden was an MVP again. That didn't happen until after they drafted Jordan Love. You can understand though, them wanting to stick with Rodgers after his MVP season, because you know again, they had a roster that was ready to compete and without Rodgers, that goes completely out the window. You can understand them wanting to stick with Rodgers after his second MVP season, because again, you still have a team that's probably ready to compete in 2021 um, or in 2022, excuse me, at least you're thinking that. And even though, yes, you could get a huge draft haul, it is hard to trade a back-to-back MVP quarterback to go to an unproven commodity in Jordan Love. You could understand trading Devante based on the situation they were in. He was a free agent. He wanted to go play with Vegas. He wasn't really giving them much other option. So they did the best they could to get as much possible in return that they could from the Raiders. You can understand running it back in 20, in 21, in 22. You can understand them wanting to move on from Rodgers now based on the contract. All of it individually is understandable for what they did each move by move. Like I said, you don't just make your horrible decision from day one. Brian Gutekinds didn't wake up one day and is like, you know what I'm hoping for in 2023? We have a quarterback that we're not exactly sure on yet. It was completely unproven. We had to trade away the face of our franchise for not much in return, at least not as much as we would have liked. We've got a 40 million dead cap hit from said quarterback. We are completely on, you know, behind the eight ball because we had to borrow a bunch of future salary from future years. And we have a team coming off an eight and nine season that didn't make the playoffs and things are probably going to be a little bit worse in 2023 than they were in 2022. That is not the decision that Brian Gutekunst wanted to make. But as you look at each of those individual decisions, you can understand why each of them got made. And most Packer fans, almost all of them, except for the Jordan Love one, right? The the Jordan Love draft, I think, and even that draft as a whole, picking AJ Dillon in the second round when you had Aaron Jones, I think that that draft was one that, you know, had people upset for maybe legitimate reasons. I think the training of Devante was one that made people upset, but I think if people legitimately understood the situation, I think we're a little bit less upset with it. But overall, I think most people were on board with Green Bay bringing back those teams and trying to do what they could to keep those teams together for the past few seasons. It just didn't work out. They didn't win. And now they're sort of, like I said, in a little bit of no man's land. 
my critiques of the situation, and this has probably sounded like the entire time that, hey, you know, it's not Brian Gudikin's fault. It's not the front office's fault. What were they supposed to do in these situations? No, first of all, the front office's job is to be able to read the tea leaves of what's going to happen down the road. And yes, the 2020 COVID year that, you know, threw the salary cap into disarray and Green Bay probably competing a year earlier in 2019 than I think people were expecting and having a real chance in 2020. I think those things threw everything a little bit out of whack. And again, I can understand why Brian did what he did. I can understand why the front office did what they did, but it is the front office's job to say, hey, I don't think we're going to be able to do in 2022 what we did in 1920 and 2021. I just don't think without Devante, we're going to be able to do that. And we're probably going to have to move on from Aaron in 2023 anyway. So instead of just one year of Aaron in 2022, maybe we go out and we take all this draft capital from Denver and we start building towards the future. I think sometimes those are the hard decisions, but those are the decisions that you have to make what, you know on the best terms of the Green Bay Packers for the long-term success of the team, right? Like I said, though, I understand why he did what he did. My other, you know, issues that I had is Green Bay tried to have their cake and eat it too. And that is the biggest issue. You have to understand as general manager in today's NFL, what window you are trying to open. I've talked about this on numerous occasions. If 2020, 2021 was your window that you were really trying to go all in and win on those seasons, all right, in 2022, maybe to some extent, then Jordan Love can't be the pick in twenty. You tried to win your championship in 20 or 2021 and still develop Jordan Love on the back end instead of using that first round pick to go get resources to win when you had the window in 20 and 2021. You tried to have your cake and eat it too. You tried to look at the future and look at the now. It didn't work for 2020. We uh, we don't know yet if it's going to work towards the future, but it, you certainly didn't get the, the young cheap years out of Jordan Love because of all of the salary cap situation that you've put yourself into. Same thing with AJ Dillon, right? AJ Dillon, good pick on the surface, right? But like if you were again going all in 2020, 2021, taking a backup running back in round two, maybe not the best use of that resource, right? You know, you can look at some of these moves that Green Bay has made, even like a Rashawn Gary. Now, granted, they were coming off the, the, the 2018 season yet, so nobody knew they were going to compete right away. But Rashawn Gary versus Brian Burns. Brian Burns, and I will say again, right now, I think if you if both were healthy, I think Rashawn Gary right now is a better player than Brian Burns. But if you look at who has had a better career over the first four years of their career, it's Brian Burns because he was able to come in and compete and help, you know, not the Panthers win because it's the Panthers, but he was able to play really good football. He would have helped that team a lot, probably more in 19 and 20 than what Rashawn Gary did. And you can talk about uh, a lot of these other moves that that Brian has made that has never really quite gone all in. You can look at you know the, the Packers trading away Devontae and deciding to go Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Samore Toure with a small free agent signing in Sammy Watkins rather than retaking that draft capital from Devontae and trying to go out and trade for an A.J. Brown or trade for a Tyree Kill or trade for a big name wide receiver that can help you right now if you are legitimately trying to win right now. And you can say, you know, in the long term, you know, imagine this team right now, if they had gone all in and they didn't have Jordan Love or Christian Watson right now, right? That probably wouldn't look as great. But if it would have given you a better chance in 19 or 20, maybe 2021 to actually win those seasons and maybe actually have a Super Bowl to show for it right now, that would have been something different. But they tried to do both. They tried to plan for the future and win now. And you just really can't do that. You have to pick one. Did they want to start ripping the team down and building towards the next window? Or did they want to open that window aggressively and say, you know what? We will worry about the future in the future because now, again, they ended up in this very bizarro no man's land. 
And I think those are all fair, you know, critiques. The you know, you can even look at this last year, right? The Quay Walker, the Christian Watson, the Sean Ryan, like those guys are all developmental picks in the first round. Devontae Wyatt wasn't, although he sort of ended up that way, right? But like he was picked as to, to you know to help you win right now. But I just think that they really got caught in this situation where they were where they were trying to do both. And I'll say it one more time, trying to have their cake and eat it too. And it just, it didn't work out. They didn't win now and they didn't build themselves a perfect future. And now they've almost got to rip things more down to get to the point where they want to be, which again, puts them in a very difficult situation. The other thing I will say is if you want to be harsh on Brian in the front office, there are plenty of things that you can be harsh about. The signing of Jimmy Graham did not work out. Keeping Jimmy Graham after he had rough season, two seasons, I think, was even a worse decision. The 2018 draft post Jair Alexander, not great. Jay Sternberger in the third round, especially when Terry McLaurin's sitting right there, not great. Josh Myers over Creed Humphrey, not great. Trading up for Amari Rogers, signing Sammy Watkins, Devin Funches, some of these smaller free agent signings. All of those things, not great. You can point to all of those. I will argue that a lot of those are just the price of doing business. And you want to know, I can promise you, Every year when you have when the Packers make their selections, right? Write down who you would have picked at that spot every year. Guess what? You're going to get some right, you're going to get some wrong. I can tell you cuz I've done it since the Brian Bulaga draft. I've, every single Packers selection, I've written down who I would take and and then wrote down obviously who Green Bay took and saw who did better, right? Some things you get right. I would have taken TJ Watt. I would have had TJ Watt over uh, Kevin King. That, I mean, a lot of people would have done that, but that would have been a good one, right? I had Justin Simmons on one of mine. I had some other really good ones. Guess what? I also would have had Andre Dillard over Rashawn Gary. Didn't work out so well. Some of those are just the cost of doing business. You're going to get some things right. You're going to get some things wrong. And I think overall, what Brian has done with the draft and getting some premium players like Elton Jenkins, like Jair Alexander, like Rashawn Gary, I think he's overall done a pretty good job. Still has an incredible lottery ticket in Jordan Love. We'll see if that pays off. Christian Watson, great pick. I think there's been some really big hits. Yeah, there's been some misses too. The Sternbergers, the Josh Myers over Humphreys, the Amari Rogers. We can talk about those as well. He's also had some really good, you know, fringe free agent guys that have worked out insanely well. The Keyshawn Nixons, the Razul Douglases, like we can go on and on, Rudy Ford, et cetera. He's had some guys that have missed, like Funches and Sammy Watkins. That is the cost of doing business. No GM has been perfect over that time frame from 2018 to 2022 or up until this point. And Brian Gutekinds hasn't been either. So we can say, you know, oh, Brian's been, te- I don't think Brian's been terrible. I don't think, I think Brian has some really big hits on his resume that are worth noting here. But I do think that you ultimately have a situation where it just ended up being imperfect because you got, you had a split mind in trying to figure out when your window was actually open and you had this sort of classic Packers thing where, well, we're going to, we're going to draft and develop, or we're going to, we're going to keep getting guys and churning guys in that are going to be able to develop in our system and play down the road. And you never have that one season where you're truly, truly, truly all in and doing everything in your power to win, meaning trading away draft capital, which is going to hurt your future so that you can win right now with a guy like an AJ Brown or other players that could come in and help you right now. That to me is my biggest critique. And if you try to play both sides, if you try to do both, you're going to end up with nothing. And to me, that is ultimately what Green Bay ended up with. They ended up with a situation where they didn't win a Super Bowl in 1920, 21, or 2022. In fact, they only have two playoff wins in those four seasons. So for all of the money they borrowed, for all of the money that they put into Aaron Rodgers, for the two MVPs, for Devontae Adams, for all of it, right? They have those four seasons with Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekinds together. They have two playoff wins to show for it and a bunch of salary cap debt and a roster that is not ready to compete in 2023. So that ultimately is not good enough. 
And that's ultimately what you're going to be judged on. As I look at all of the decisions along the way, one by one by one, I get all of them. I think in, in, if you were being honest, you could at, you could at least twist yourself into a pretzel to say like, okay, I can at least understand what they were trying to do or what they were thinking in that situation. Do I agree with everything? I don't. And I mean, oddly, right? The, the crazy thing is the one that you were probably most upset about in Jordan Love might be the, the biggest remaining life jacket that Brian Gutekunst has in this entire situation. If Jordan Love hits, if Jordan Love is really good, a lot of that stuff is forgiven because now you have a quarterback for potentially the next decade again, and you you are going to be able to open up some windows with Jordan Love. So that is a major life jacket and a major lottery ticket that Brian still has at his disposal. If he hits on that, that is really, really good. And I don't want to put this all in the negative either. They still have a lot of young talent on this team, including guys like Christian Watson, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark. They still have some really good veterans like David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins that just signed to a new deal. Like there is still a lot of talent on this team. And if they get a couple things right, you're going to be able to rebuild this team in, in very short order, especially now they've got pick 15 overall. They might get some draft capital for Aaron Rodgers. So there is an avenue to rebuild this very quickly and not have to do a full rip the bandaid and start from scratch. They're just going to have to really hit hit on some things, especially in the draft. And they're going to have to be very cautious with how they sort of move on from some of these veterans and replace them with younger, hopefully more talented players in the long run. So I do think that there is an opportunity here. I do think they need to start looking with more future thinking, which it seems like they're doing with the potential move from Rodgers to Jordan Love. And now they're going to have to decide again, what window are they trying to open? Is that 2025, 2026, 2027? What is it? Because if they try to do everything to win now in 2023, it's probably not going to go well. If they try to do it in 2024, it's probably not going to go well. They need to figure out what that next window is and open that window aggressively rather than just trying to do the same old Green Bay Packers philosophy of draft and develop. We're going to try to win every season. You try to do that and you end up with a lot, a lot, a lot of first and second round playoff exits, which it's fun seasons, maybe 10, 12, 13 win seasons, and nobody's you know too upset about it. But you end up with two Super Bowls in 30 years with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, which nobody is apologizing for, but there's a lot of heartbreak and a lot of missed opportunities along the way as well. A lot to go over. I know this is a long episode. Hopefully it's not counter. <laughs> I know I mentioned at the onset that I wanted an Aaron Rodgers decision, but if it's already been made, this episode is probably totally for not. So I appreciate you sticking around. Hopefully it uh, made it to uh, listening ears before the, the major news broke. But either way, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you guys every day. I will see you right here tomorrow. But until next time, and as always, go Paco. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done